Maker Stories podcast, where we talk to inspirational craftswomen from black and ethnic minority backgrounds. I'm Dr. Karen Patel, a research fellow in the Birmingham Centre for Media and Cultural Research at Birmingham City University. For the past few years, I've been working with Crafts Council UK, researching diversity in craft in projects funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council. We hope to raise awareness of some of the barriers and challenges facing women makers of colour as they try to establish a craft career. For more information and to listen to the other episodes in this series, visit the website craftexpertise.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at craftexpertiseresearch or one word. Welcome to the long-awaited third episode of the series. There has been a delay in getting the next episode to you because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you're keeping safe and well during these difficult times. I'm delighted to be joined today by Anna Atite, who is based at Cockpit Arts in London. Anna works with textiles to create three-dimensional figurative collages. Drawing on her Nigerian heritage, she explores colourful traditional clothing as a means of female empowerment. So Anna thank you so much for your time today. First off, could you tell us a bit more about your craft practice? Yes. So like you said, I use textiles and mixed materials to make collages that are hand-sewn. So they're uh, tactile um, pieces of, of artwork. And the textiles that I have used for my current body of work are batik fabrics. So these are uh, uh, Dutch wax print um, fabrics, which have um, a very a big connection with Africa and with its history um and I I saw I, it's what I grew up around so it's very personal to me in the sense that a lot of them sort of have stories from that design itself but actually a lot of the fabrics that I use are recycled so they're it's always a story of somebody wearing that particular garment um or textiles to somewhere and it holds all these memories and it's usually one of celebration of of enjoyment of womanhood and they kind of feed into the the figure itself of the artwork and it's like a collection of memories happy memories for me so yeah so that's kind of what my artwork is about (laughs) I hope I've answered the question (laughs) yeah It's a really nice story. Uh, Could you tell me a bit more about your first encounter with craft? I've always had an encounter, I guess, um, from when I was younger. I've always enjoyed making things. I was always first to show up for art class. Um, I've always used my hands to sort of to make things, make props. So after school, I used to work as a stylist again, and that was making things, making props for um, photo shoots, for magazines, making props for retailers like uh, Selfridges and Ikea and what have you. So I've, I've always been making and sort of been quite crafty. Yeah, but you started out in a slightly different industry. I did, yeah. Uh, I guess it's kind of, I've always jumped sort of from one 
one thing to another but craft has sort of always been at the the heart of it making and using my hands when did you realize that you wanted to make a career out of craft not long ago to be honest uh, I started um, my art practice in 2016 so I was um, again I was kind of styling and I, I think everyone kind of knows when there's a point where your heart's not really in it anymore but for me I didn't really know what it is that I wanted to do but I, I've always been creative so that was kind of a no-brainer that that was what I would end up doing. I was working with a lot of textiles towards the end of my styling career and I kind of knew that it was something that I wanted to continue so I kind of started doing photo shoots so um, using textiles to to dress up models and try try to create this kind of like beautiful imagery um, and trying to to find a story in 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 the textiles and I don't know naturally I just uh, started experimenting with it looking at sculpture um, and just looking at the different ways it can be used the way it can be handled and my first initial pieces were much more based around collage which they still are but the actual um sort of embroidery and sort of the craft practices came much later I guess as I was kind of developing naturally this work um until I kind of I had an exhibition and people were interested in the work and I don't know, I guess it kind of took me down the route of how could I make money out of this. I uh, took a course with the Brinces Trust. Um, they do a business enterprise program, they call it, and they kind of help you kind of shape what it is that you want to sell and um, to make a business out of that. And through that program, I was connected with Cockpit Arts because they kind of ran this creative careers um, program where they take on craft businesses from the Prince's Trust and give them a studio and kind of, again, nurture, help you to nurture your your craft um, and how to make it into a business. So, so yeah, so I've kind of been at Cockpit since 2016. I'm no longer on the, the careers program and now I'm kind of fully sort of a studio um, holder and my business has been growing, which is great. Yeah, that's great. So it's great to hear about your journey and making that shift from a job, um, yeah. a sort of a job in a different industry into working for yourself Mm. basically so the prince's trust grant obviously helped you with that transition yeah definitely because at the point that I joined the prince's trust all all I kind of had was uh the artwork I had original artwork they were they were fabric um fabric artwork and it was kind of like I knew that uh, the price point obviously was quite high because they were original pieces and it was trying to figure out how I can kind of touch all price points and have something that was at a lower, something that was middle and something that was high. So that was where that just took me doing research and going to art fairs and, and seeing what other artists done and um, 
I guess, reaching out to to other people that I kind of knew and how they were making money with their work, really. And that took me down the, the printing route. So that was kind of what was established, I guess, when I was with the trust. And then when I moved to Cockpit Arts, it was more about sort of uh, nurturing that craft and seeing what else I could um, learn and develop and and meet people and, and, you know, just sort of widen that network that I was beginning to grow. But uh, being here and just being in a craft and arts-based community was kind of the next step. So, yeah, it just took me to another world, um, really. And for me personally is where I really learned to understand craft and how important it was not only for the the consumer but for the person that is making it because they have all these stories they have all these influences and ideas which are that goes go into the process um which is amazing to see and sort of really inspiring yeah so you'd say that being at cockpit has helped you progress and develop as a artist yes definitely (laughs) um i don't come from a business background at all and a a crafts business in that so you're you're not only making the products but then you have to sell it as well so you're kind of you're covering you know the two areas um and both need just as much attention as the other um and two different types of attention as well (laughs) um so so yeah being here has definitely sort of um, helped me to manage that. How do you balance the two? It takes a lot. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, it's kind of, it's it's a lot of hard work. I can't really have a business hat on and be working on finances in the morning and then in the afternoon, suddenly I want to start making because in reality, it doesn't work like that. Um, to be creative, you kind of have to have this kind of certain mindset which is just completely different to um when you're tackling spreadsheets and trying to crunch numbers so I try and just be kind to myself and just um give myself that that downtime which you need and which they don't tell you that you need um but um yeah and also I guess doing schedules and things um, help as well um but not again just not being hard on myself if I don't meet that schedule and uh yeah everyone you know everyone has different ways that they they manage it but yeah um yeah I just try to just be realistic in what it is that I think I can do to what I'm planning um what I can actually do yeah, that's really good advice, especially at the moment when everyone is working in in a, a very different way and in very testing circumstances. Mm, especially at the moment. Yeah, how are you getting on at the moment? Um, as in, oh, with the whole COVID, of oh, course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's taken its toll. I guess at the moment, um, it's hard for me anyway to make to to make um it's very much been about looking at how my practice works as a business and trying to um improve my 
visibility in a sense that you're not really sure if there's going to be art fairs, if there's going to be craft fairs, you know, what galleries, like when are they going to be open, the exhibitions and la, 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 la. Um, So just really trying to make sure that I am visible. So whether that's Mm. through my website, online, trying to really reach out and make an effort to connect and sort of work with other people and sharing networks um, in that way. So, yeah, so that's kind of what my initial sort of response was. Um, And now I'm kind of in a place where I've, I've kind of taken stock of what it is that I want to do as well, um, what my plans were and seeing sort of what I'm able to do from that um, and, you know, just continue to sort of work with that. And and now that my mind's at rest and I'm not thinking about businessy stuff and marketing, marketing stuff, I can start thinking about sort of making again because that was something I really wanted to do this year. I wanted to work on a new series. So, yes, yeah, so I can, you know, start thinking about making and sort of looking at uh, researching and and I can kind of get that that sort of back in into the swing of things now and just kind of an, kind of accepting that you can only really take one day at a time because you don't know what tomorrow is is gonna look like <laughs> great it's good to it's good to hear that you've you're finding the time to have a think and reflect on your, your yeah. practice I mean, as well. I mean, you can't, that's all, <laughs> it, you can't help but not because there's so, you have so much time and everything is so slow at the moment. You you can't help but not, but not think. Like, you, yeah. you, it's just not possible. <laughs> have you been selling more work online as well? I have been, yep. So just looking at ways that I can get more, more of that. So um, looking at sort of like marketing and um, looking at sort of SEOs and, and how I can drive people to the website, not only through social media, but actually just people online because people search for things. <laughs> people yeah. look for wall art and, you know, they just call it different things. So it's just trying to 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 tap into that um and being a bit tactical I guess um this is where you really start to understand the business side side of things so so yeah so that is that's like on the agenda (laughs) so back to your career Mm -hmm. what have been your biggest achievements so far oh wow well, definitely when I did a collaboration with Stella Jean, um, she is an Italian fashion designer and she makes these beautiful patterned coloured clothing. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful colours, um, which is kind of what my artwork is all about. And uh, she's very in touch with um, using artisans um, and communities from different countries like Benin and um, South America and um, really championing craft so so yeah so to be able to sort of work with her for sort of an uh, advertising campaign for Milan Fashion Week that was really that was really amazing and I guess the exhibitions I've been um, I've taken part in so far and the residencies as well that I've kind of done 
since sort of I started um, my practice um, have been really good too and have introduced me to other other than people that I can collaborate with or other artists as well. Um, that's been quite a highlight as well, actually, just um, meeting other other people, other artists that like me, that look like me, that um, have built themselves up um, has kind of been a nice, nice achievement as well, actually, now that I think about it. So those are kind of my biggest, my biggest ones. Great. It's a strange time at the moment, obviously. So I was wondering if you could say a bit more about what your future ambitions are, building on the the great achievements that you've had once, obviously, we get back to some kind (laughs) of normality, if that ever happens. Um, Gosh, I've forgotten it now. Um, (laughs) COVID is just so consuming. That's all you think about. Uh, I guess going forward is growing... um, just growing my my uh, collection, like really building a strong um, catalogue of artwork. Um, I guess that's sort of one, but um, another one is just working more with others. Um, collaboration is such a big part of what it is that I do, and whether that's through artwork or um, doing workshops, which I which I also do as well. So I I work with sort of participants to create collage using using sort of mixed materials which is a great kind of storytelling tool and really kind of gets you out of your comfort zone especially if you haven't if you haven't done art before but I guess really for me just trying to create a space where I'm always working with others um, and uh, learning from others and developing from others. You did mention actually how you've networked and found other artists and crafts mm-hmm. people who look like you. Yeah. And for this research project, I am working with Crafts Council UK, looking at diversity and inequalities in the mm. craft sector. Mm. And it's worth noting, actually, that we're, we are recording this during a week of accelerated activity around Black Lives Matter. Mm. Blackout Tuesday happened this week. And all of this is following the death of George Floyd, who was mm-hmm. killed while in police custody in Minneapolis and the continuing police brutality during subsequent protests. While this happened in the USA, racism, discrimination and injustice towards black people also happens in the UK and around the world on a daily basis. And this is why Black Lives Matter is so important. So listeners, uh, if you're listening to this, if you haven't done so already, you can support Black Lives Matter by donating, following the social media accounts, hashtags and engaging with the resources available online and the links will all be in the description for this episode. On social media this week, I've noticed that arts and crafts organisations have been showing their support for Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. many participating in Blackout Tuesday as well. I was wondering, Anna, what are your thoughts about the response from the craft community? I've seen... um... A, a couple of posts and I think it's a good start I think um and it's it's great to see sort of so many of these um uh organizations sort of taking part and making statements and pledges um which is great but I also think now was the time to kind of action action um the thoughts and the pledges and to kind of follow through 
and I think that's sort of the general consensus around the the kind of the whole the whole thing um, is is one is is to not be silent, which they which they haven't been, which is great. Um, but two to sort of to follow to follow through um, on those on those pledges. So that's kind of like the next the next step. I agree with that. I've published a working paper recently, which is available on the project website, craftexpertise.com. In that, there are quotes from Black and Asian women in craft who have experienced racism and microaggressions in craft spaces, offline and online. What are your experiences as a Black woman in craft, which is a sector that is predominantly white? My experience um, as a, a Black artist is the lack of visibility. So from sort of exhibitions and going to galleries, you can see the lack of presence for a woman that, that looks like me being part of the, the exhibition. Yeah, so it's, it's the lack of visibility. How does that make you feel when you go to an exhibition or a gallery and it's all white artists and white people? I mean, for the longest time, you, oh, I don't even know how to explain it. it you're so used to it. It's like... It doesn't, it, it doesn't really affect you or you, you just, you just expect it. Therefore you can't even comment because you kind of, you kind of know it's going to be there already. Um, but I guess it's, it's, it's not inclusive. You're not, you're not part, you're not part of that. Um, somehow you've been made to feel that you, you can't be inclusive in, in, in this party, um, basically. Mm. Um, and it's not nice. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a nice feeling, um, especially when you kind of know other artists um, who, you know, who can produce just as fine a work, but they're just, they're not there. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's... It's kind of not a nice thing to, once you actually start to think about it, it's not, it doesn't give you a good feeling. Have you ever experienced anything, um, like the things I've been describing in, in the working paper, like any, any microaggressions, any, any comments or anything? Or I mean, you kind of, you get sort of comments all the time. Like it's, you're, you're always, because of what you're doing, you're producing work and someone's always going to have a comment um on it and I guess it's it is the fine line between you and what you are producing I don't know if that makes sense uh so I've I've kind of had one guy say to me um if I if I create my collages in different coloured shades. Um, so he had assumed because the figure was um, dark that it was a black woman. Um, and he had asked me um, if, if any, you know, if I did them in different shades, which one, I've never ever, con- <laughs> I've never ever sort of considered because um to me, the 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 the, the woman, the, the figure that I've drawn isn't isn't a color. It's just, it's a shadow. Um, mm. So the fact that he saw color 
um, and he's he was white, um, I should add. Um, the fact that he saw it, I thought, was really interesting because this was recently as well, just because up until now, it, no one had ever picked that out, um, yeah. but he had. So it did kind of, it kind of threw me. I mean, and people are always going to see what they want to see, but I, it, it was, yeah, it was quite, not shocking. It was just, I don't know, I was just quite surprised because I'd never thought about that and I'd no one had ever said that to me either um so it was just it was weird that that was what he had picked up on whereas everyone else would always talk about the textiles or the color Mm. or um how it made them feel or you know how they connected with it um but he had went like straight to that one thing um yeah that was kind of that was a weird feeling that's the only way I can describe that really yeah, especially as you, your work is so colourful, you're automatically drawn to the textiles and how they flow and all of that's right. So yeah, yeah, I, I could imagine that was a, that was a bit a bit shocking. Yeah, and and strange. How do you deal with or cope with things like that happening? Or as you said before, when you walk into a room and it's you're the only black woman there. How how do you deal with that? I kind of I just in, try to enjoy the artwork. I mean, it's there for for us all to to enjoy. Yeah, I kind of go there with that intention. Really, the same intention that I went with in the first place to go um, and to see see if I enjoy it, if I connect with it, and kind of just take it as that. But obviously, then I guess the real issue is when it comes for me wanting to be in those spaces like that's when that's kind of where the 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 issue is that I can't necessarily be in that space unless it's to celebrate Africa Day or you know Black History Month or blah 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 like that's that's when the the problem is there arises um that always there always has to be a reason yeah to be in the space it can't just it can't just be an everyday thing and I guess that's where the, the 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 issue lies. Yeah. So you you your work is being chosen because of your your um my ethnicity. color of your skin yeah. and your African sort of inspiration that goes into your work rather than the actual expertise and craftsmanship and the the sort of artistic knowledge that goes into that. Yeah, that's right. So and I think. Um, that is the barrier that that needs to be broken. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what we need to to work on breaking, so that it just becomes an everyday an everyday thing, you know. Yeah, so sort of moving past this sort of box ticking approach. Mm, to that's right. To supporting artists and and craftspeople. What do you think or what else do you think should be done to support black women in craft? Uh, so just to, to, I guess, to touch again on the, visibi- uh, the visibility, because that's what it is, really, let's be honest. Um, but also just with little things as well, you know, just in a newsletter, an email newsletter, you know, have a brown-faced woman, woman on there you know as a profile um, on your social media feed regularly 
have people um, of the BAME community on, you know, let them have a presence. Um, it's really just the small things. Um, and it's just, you know, just just so you get used to it. And I think that's what it is, is that people are not, people are only used to seeing white faces, white faces. That's 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 kind of what the, the issue is. Um, so if just, you know, starting it small, you know, um, yeah, that, yeah, just some kind of platform, um, basically, so that it doesn't become, it just becomes part of everyday life, you know, where you don't even think about it. Um, whereas at the moment it's because it's, such because it's not an ordinary thing you know, like you instantly know when it's a there's there's a black face like you, you you because it's not it's not an it's not an everyday thing so we need to kind of break that barrier where it just becomes a normal normal part of life where we can then instead of focusing on oh it's a, a black person you kind of just focus on what it is that they're you know their craft what they're what they're sharing with you you know yeah definitely definitely agree with with all of that just uh, a couple more questions uh, to finish off we'll um move on to more back on to you so i was wondering who were your role models do you have any role models uh maybe craft but maybe from elsewhere as well i guess my role models are kind of people who are, I guess, like me, um, just people who are just grafting, you know, just trying to just kind of make their their craft viable, trying, you know, to get by, to share their work. Um, there's loads of makers here who are who are role models, you know, everyone's just really trying to to put in the work, um, uh, to grow their craft, to develop themselves, to share their work whether they have barriers or not <laughs> and it's it takes a lot out of you um to kind of be a one-man band business um and in craft and in art it's just it's 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 um it can be a lot um but at the same time just sort of like really rewarding um just from the kind of the people that you meet along the way um I mean, I can list off names, but I think anyone who is just really trying to better themselves um, and to live um, from their craft is is a role model to me, to be honest. Great. And finally, do you have any advice for aspiring makers? My advice is if there is something you kind of really enjoy doing and you're not doing it and it's all you can think about doing it pursue it just 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 pursue it um even if it's a um even if it's just a hobby at the moment you're just doing it on the side like just keep it up keep it up keep it up like with with me like in my artwork there was a time when it I guess it was a hobby because I wasn't making money out of it um but it's just something that I enjoyed I enjoy doing and also just to reach out to people to ask questions um anything to sort of 
develop, develop yourself and to seek out opportunities. Um, there is, there are actually, there's a lot of opportunities when you do the work and, and you look and research. And I'm not only talking about sort of institutions, uh, like this, like uh, craft institutions, but also just people who want to put on shows, you know, people who are looking for um, an extra artist to take part, just to sort of get involved in things like that, anything where you can, you're, you're harnessing your craft and developing it is just to do it because eventually you, you will meet the next person and you will meet the next person, you'll meet the next person. It's a lot of hard work, but it's, it's, it's rewarding. So just keep at it. <laughs> That's great advice to finish on, I think. So thank you so much, Anime, for taking the time to speak to us. And no good luck. Good luck with everything during these uh, weird times. Thank you. And you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, where can people find out more about you and your work? Um, so I have a website. It's Um And I'm also on social media um so instagram i have a facebook page but um find me on instagram <laughs> predominantly yeah and that's also just my name my first and second name on i'll put the links as well in the description great thank you thank you Thank you for listening to the Maker Stories podcast brought to you by Birmingham City University and Crafts Council UK. This project is funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council's Innovation Fellowship Scheme. For more information about this project and for the other episodes in this series, visit craftexpertise.com. Craft Expertise.